0: Coming up next in the show, respect is generally seen as something earned or demanded. In civilian life, per se, we tend to give respect to those we deem have earned it from us, or we begrudgingly give it to those we feel beholden to, such as a boss. And we depict the military often, not to pick on the military, but we depict them as those in authority demanding respect, regardless of anything. Is it possible and relevant to give everyone respect no matter what? And is this feasible? Well, Tom Ziegler showcases respect as the third virtue in his book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. And once again, we look at a virtue as not only the seemingly right thing to do, but the most profitable. In this episode, we unpack what giving respect to anyone and everyone looks like and what it doesn't look like and I think you'll find it frees you to healthfully and proudly give everyone respect in a way that benefits you both it's not a zero sum game if you're if it is you're doing it wrong but it's a win win you can use to elevate your social credit and personal success Welcome to the show. I am your host, Kevin Miller, and this podcast has a simple premise. It's to take the classic and cutting edge wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today, how it relates to your world today. Next, Tom Ziegler and I deconstruct respect. Yeah, I can't talk about respect without Aretha Franklin uh, playing in my head, Tom. I, I, I thought we should head off the show with that, but it might be a copyright infringement or something. So everybody just well, think about her singing in your head while we talk about this.
1: I don't know. You were just singing it to me. I think you should give respect, everybody
0: a just, a little, <laughs> just <laughs> a little bit. Hit my falsetto. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, you know, but it's it's it was uh, it's always been a big topic. Um, respect. And I feel like it's. You know, of course I've been reading brushing up on it, reading through your book, uh Tom, and looking at the points there. And you know, the interesting thing I guess I'll lead off with is Emerson uh Egerich. So uh Love and Respect, one of the best selling marriage books out there. We had him on the show, man, a long time ago. But he posed the question the issue of, we all understand the concept of unconditional love, especially for our family, for our, uh, you know, for our loved ones. And and, and I would say for humanity, unconditional love. I think a lot of people will tune into that regardless of your spiritual standpoint, but unconditional love. And then he makes a case for unconditional respect. But before we jump there, I wanted to go back to love, unconditional love. Because I am well aware, just as you and I were sitting here talking about family and and kids and spouses and, and whatnot, do they have my unconditional love? Do they deserve it? Of course, do they have to earn it? No, they get it all the time. Unconditional love. That does not mean that in any given moment, I like them or like their behavior. We're supposed to say that, that I, you know, I love you, but I don't like your behavior. But in that moment, I am not liking your presence. I'm not liking your behavior. I'm not liking your attitude. I'm not liking how you're treating me, but yes, I do love you. You have my devotion, my commitment. And I want to bring that over to the aspect of respect. Cause I think when people think about respect, um, you know, you can have that military kind of concept of, you know, you demand respect and your authority. Uh, you, you get respect no matter what. That's not what we're talking about. Maybe start there, Tom, because we're saying if if it is something, you know, that's the plain thing. Do you have to earn it? Do you only give it when it's earned kind of like grace? And that's, we're getting into some deep waters, even some doctrine with that. So I wanted to hit it at a deep level, obviously, before we come up and, and bubble up to just utilizing respect in the workplace as part of PR skills. Start, start deep with me.
1: Yeah, so I think from the perspective of the book, I start off from the position where we give our fellow human being respect, right? We just start off with respect. And there's two interesting things that I've noted um, in life. And that is, let's just say we're out somewhere and we're in a restaurant um, and we have a conversation with a stranger we will respect them automatically more than we respect our friends and family who are with us, which is an interesting thing to me. How can, how can you respect someone more that you don't even know than the people who you know? Yeah. Right. And then the big one is we respect other people more than we respect ourselves. And
0: you started off the chapter with that, Tom, and that's, um, that's, that's significant. I think we missed that. And and it begs the question, can we really respect someone else? Can I respect you? Well, if I don't respect myself, I guess I can perform it. I can pretend.
1: Yeah. And I think it would be ultimately lip service. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a disservice if we're leading people and, <clears throat> We don't respect ourselves, then people are going to take advantage of us. If we don't respect ourselves, they're not going to respect us either. Um, And then we'll keep lowering the bar. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the greatest ways to show respect is to have a high bar, a high standard. Hey, you're capable of more. I respect you too much to lower the standard. Now we got to turn around and come back in with support and education and help and knowledge and equipping and all those things, but I'm not going to lower the standard. Uh, that's disrespectful. That's saying you're, you're not capable of something. And so we keep the highest level of respect, which allows us to keep the highest level of standard. Uh, but when we don't respect ourselves, when we coast, when we take the shortcut, when we don't follow through, and it makes it easy for everybody else to treat us the same way. And mm-hmm. you know, one of my mentors um, early in my business career, his his name was James Howard, and he 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 said, uh, "He I think he's the one who pointed it out." He said, "In a family business, whoever the lowest performing family member is, that is the standard for the business." Hmm. <laughs> That's.
0: Convicting, it really is.
1: Yeah, and it's just the way of the world. And then um, in a typical business without any family members, whoever whoever uh, gets away with the most, that becomes the standard. Mm-hmm. That's the bar, right? So the person who does the who performs the least, they set the standard for everybody else, and. How can you, if you respect somebody, how can you how can you allow them to underperform? If you respect yourself, how can you allow yourself to underperform? And I'm not talking about uh, taking time to rejuvenate and sabbatical and grow and, you know, taking the Sabbath off and refueling and all that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, hey, when you know that uh, you could have done X and you only did you know, you did a little bit less, you just mailed it in. Who's that, who's that for? What's that showing? Mm -hmm. You're beating your respect down. When you, when you look at, um, every now and then I'll get hooked into a link on social media. I know none of our podcast listeners, this ever happens to you. Uh, but no, you know, Kevin, you may have read about this, but occasionally I've heard
0: about people being on social media.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And There'll be two people of opposing views uh, discussing an issue, and it's really sad when one side just disdains and disrespects the other side. It totally ruins their case. Mm -hmm. The self-righteousness of it just really, um, it's sad to see. And a lot of times it's usually... um, you know, it's it's in a scenario. It's a very heated issue, but but you know, bullying and over talking and and personal attacks uh, is such a huge sign of disrespect that you lo- They lose all credibility, whether they're right or not. At that point, doesn't even matter because who wants to be like them?
0: And it's a quote that when you're found being, I'm going to paraphrase it, people probably seeing this. If you're disrespecting somebody else, criticizing somebody else, it says more about you than it does about them. Man, I'm so aware of that, especially if I feel myself, hear myself falling into that, being critical, blaming someone. And yeah, you're right. We're in a day and age with the media and social media and whatnot, where there is not a... Tangible acute cost to being disrespectful, and so we come there. We we come into it, and we just act and behave and talk in ways that we would never do face to face. Kind of like people do in cars. Often, when you have that separation, you you'll act in ways that you would never do face to face. But the cost, you know, I that's what continues to come up to me, Tom. When I see times, especially in business, uh, when There is a a wrong done, an injustice done, an unfairness done, a disregard done. And they deserve, it feels like they deserve, you know, the smackdown in essence, they deserve. And and to realize, is it, is it really worth it? What's the cost to me? What's the cost to humanity? What's the cost of my spirit? spiritual world, what's the cost to go down that road? And I just, that's what I, I find myself questioning myself and then questioning when I see the vitriol out there and go, what it is costing us? Why are we, why are we doing this? What's the best? Why are we? And, and from what you wrote in your book, one of the first thoughts I had when you were talking about cancel culture and we're in, you know, the, the place that we're in right now is why are we so threatened why are we so threatened to where we can't be in that place of respect? I, I thought about prize fighters. You know, we've got uh, your buddy, Michael Chandler, one of the top MMA guys. And when you see somebody totally talking, you know, talking a little smack is one thing, but when they really, when it gets violent, I think, man, that, that person, yeah, I wonder about how much respect do they have for themselves? They, they seem to feel really, really threatened. And I love it when they depict the guy, if it's not in real life, it's in the movie or whatever, depict the guy on the other side. And he's just not going there. He's just not going to like Michael would You're not fazed by it. If anything, he may feel sorry for the other guy. He's going to take what he does and show it, you know, in, in the ring. Now it's different for the rest of us. We're not going into a fight like that, but, um, it does, question the the respect the person has for themselves if they're coming off the way but what does it cost us to be again to be the bigger person and it sounds like this altruistic thing but I, I've realized I continue to realize Tom that it is just so seldom if, if ever worth my time, And even if it is, or worth my spirit, and even if it is something that does need to be corrected, again, we're back to that thing of can you kind of back to kindness? Can you be kind with boundaries? Can you be kind with consequences, even? Can you be kind to your kids and say, Gosh, I'm so sorry that you chose to do that. This is the consequence. But I I love you. I respect you. And to even say that uh, with respect and that's the person I think we all want to be. But I think, yeah, as you've talked about in the book, we're in a culture right now that is very much in support of tit for tat. Um, you smack me, I smack you. And and it's just, it's, it's again, it's what the media, we have not the news, we have opinion. And it's just driven by this. Yeah, like what you said, disrespect. And it's not helping anybody. It's only hurting us, each one of us.
1: When I think of of respect, um, you know, one of the questions that I ponder, uh, cause I see people talk about it and I'm like, what are you, what are you thinking? I ultimately think about influence and impact. Okay. So the whole concept is, is we got to know our, why our purpose, you know, what are we here on this earth for? And, you know, I believe we all have a common purpose that's to serve our fellow man. And then we we have gifts and talents that each of us have that are unique to us. And then we might have kind of a calling or a mission that we feel like are led to to go out and do. Uh, you know, I know so many people, nurses and doctors, who that's their calling. I know teachers, that's their calling. I know business owners, that's their calling. And they're committed to go and doing that. So when you know your why, right, when you've got really uh cl- Clarity on that, and then you realize when you're in a public forum, when you're in a place where you can communicate with others, if your why is clear, then the reason you're having a conversation is for impact and influence. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if you are convicted in your in your beliefs and in your your virtues and your values, and you have a strong Uh, foundation and conviction about something, then what you really want is the ability to impact and influence. And so impact would be able to communicate something that uh, is received differently than maybe the same message from other people has been received and the person. uh, They, they take stock of it. They go, Oh, I haven't considered that. And then influence is the example that you live by. It's the words that you speak and your behaviors towards others. And then people say, you know, gosh, uh, the way that person carries themselves, interacts with others, people who, because it's really easy to have high regard for somebody whose behavior that you judge, they're only around people that agree with them. That's easy. What's pretty amazing is when you see somebody in the lion's den (laughs) getting attacked, uh, canceled, uh, torn down, bullied, whatever you want to call it, but their respect for the other person's view isn't tinged with emotion driven from an unhealthy place, right? And so if you want to have impact and influence, then your only course is to respect the other person. Now, from a kind of, kind of a uh, why do people get so upset, it's because they don't distinguish their belief from their identity. Mm-hmm. And so when you disagree with their viewpoint of their belief, you're basically not calling them a human being. And the only way that you can communicate effectively to them is, hey, wait a second, we're all human beings, I respect you and your right to have your opinion. But the opinions that you have today are different than the ones you had a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And they will likely be different a year from now, or five years from now, they're going to migrate, they're going to change, they're going to evolve, they're going to, Hopefully, become richer and deeper as you learn more about life. Just like mine will as well. And so, I respect you for the unchangeables, right? Yeah. As a as a as a Christ follower, to me that means that uh, you were created by God, right? You've you've <laughs> you've got everything inside of you necessary for success. You're created in God's image. Uh, God made you. Now. A lot of people disagree with that. A lot of people have their own views, but if that's really the way that I believe that I have an incredible amount of respect for one of God's creation. Yeah. Right. And so my difference of opinion is on how they choose to live or, or the actions and behaviors they take and the beliefs that they have, not whose they are. Right. So, and that's what gets lost in the shuffle is we, basically say somebody's worthless well how can you call another life worthless yeah. i mean come on if you're coming from my perspective you can't the sanctity of life is everything every life is precious and we start by if we want to emphasize that then we respect that life yeah and then we respectfully say hey we've got two different beliefs here on on this subject but it doesn't allow me to discount you as a human being.
0: You are listening to my discussion with Tom Ziegler and how we can all use respect for the benefit of ourselves and others. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses, they do it so your lungs don't have to. yahoo finance.com Jordan Harbinger we've had him on the show he's got one of the top at this point it's almost it's it's in the top 100 podcasts on planet earth right now he's he's really done well he had a guy on I had a friend of mine recommend that I listen to it might have been my dad Dan Miller actually he's a friend he's a friend yeah he's a friend trying to thank you. I think it was Andy Norman. So Jordan did a, a show with Andy Norman. I don't remember, uh, the episode number. I don't remember Andy's credentials, but it was on belief. The guys are, it does research on belief. And just what you said, Tom was so powerful to me. Um, and it was that is my belief because I believe it's true, not or, but, and is it, is it tied to my identity? if I believe that it's cold outside and one of my kids doesn't believe me and he's going to go out and play, I go ahead and knock yourself out, man. Go out there. You'll, you'll figure out it's cold. I, I don't, it's not, my identity is not attached to it. Uh, but I do believe it is. I do believe if you jump off that 10 foot wall, you'll probably hurt your ankle. I don't believe it. Okay. Okay. Just, you know, you'll find out. I, I believe it. It's not part of me, but yeah. How many of our political views, faith-based views, health-based views, financial views do we get so tied up with? Just as you said, Tom, with our image, it was a really convicting show. I actually would like to have Andy on him on, on the show, though I'm a little uh, nervous. I don't know if I can do as good a job as Jordan did. <laughs> he did such a great <laughs> show with the guy. Uh, I've listened to it, had some friends listen to it. But yeah, having that, what's that? Yeah, just take his episode
1: and do voiceover on Jordan's <laughs> For-
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or or just do the whole thing and credit it all to it. So Jordan asked you this, say it again. Uh, but you talking about, you know, respecting the other person, no matter what, I really feel like that's kind of where the rubber hits road. What does that look like? I don't think that we really understand, especially in the volatility of lack of respect that we have in the culture today, today, 2022. And we don't know what that looks like. And it feels like, Oh, does that mean I'm just a pushover? I'm a doormat. I let the person get their way. I let them be unjust. I enable them. And I really like Tom in your, so in your book, uh, you have listed out, I don't know how many, Oh, ten, ten ways, 10 ways. The first one is respect yourself, which is that should, that should stop That should cause everyone to pause right there. Are you respecting yourself? Are you, as to what you said a minute ago, are you really confident in yourself and your beliefs? And if so, why would you get super threatened?
1: But yeah, a a good follow on to that is uh, if you, if you respect yourself, okay. So imagine you're a leader in a business. um, You're, you've got a solid friend group and they value your opinion. You're a parent to a child and whatever your role is, somebody comes to you and they earnestly say, Kevin, how do I, how do I become successful? If you really respect yourself, you should be able to look them in the eye and say, just do what I do. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's a high, that's, that's big medicine. Yeah, because ultimately, uh, when somebody says, well, how do you become successful? If you're going to give advice on something, and you know, it's true, you should be able to, to give them things that have worked for you. This is what I do. Uh, One of the Dave Ramsey does it a lot. Other people do it. and Somebody will call in and go, here's the situation. What do you think I should do? And he'll always answer, well, I can't tell you what you should do, but if I was in your situation, this is what I would do. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's kind of like that. And so we should respect ourselves enough to take our own advice.
0: It's convicting when you write a book, isn't it, Tom? I've talked about that a couple of times. You're sitting there writing a book and you realize you realize all the wisdom that you have inside that you might not have fully followed yet, but on this aspect. So we start off with respecting ourselves, but how do you respect someone else? I just love the the next four points that you give Tom. I'm going to read them all and kind of combine them together. Define what respect means to you. Again, I feel like that's huge because the first thing when I read that Tom is I thought, okay, I can do that. But the reality or what you're, what I felt like you're calling me to then is to realize that what is respect to me may not be to somebody else. We're kind of back to not back to, but to, uh, uh, five lung love languages. Uh, I just went blank Gary. Chapman. Thank you. Uh, five love people f- find love differently. I think people feel respect differently. So what is it for me and realizing it's, it's not going to be something for uh, different for somebody else. Number three, communicate and listen. Number four, see their perspective. And number five, ask questions. It again, speaks to me of, do I respect myself? Am I confident enough to not just be there chomping at the bit to go against them or to overpower them or to show them my way. We're kind of back to that magic phrase of, hmm, tell me more. I think the, I think they're at this flat of oh, tell, tell me more, tell me more. And what are the chances you're going to get? to some common ground or get to some understanding or what I often find Tom is an intensive, especially in intimate relationships, whether that's a spouse or kids or uh, business partners or whatnot, is that you're so often not on different pages. You just have a different perspective that you're stuck on. And when it comes down to it, you really have the same values, but we often don't find out we me included because we don't, Consider that the other person does have a different perspective. They do feel respect in this aspect differently. Maybe I haven't communicated and really listened. Have I really tried to see their perspective? Have I asked questions to understand, man, that is, we're, we're, I feel like we are in such an acutely polarized spot culturally. And I know we often talk about the culture and I wonder sometimes if people think, I I don't care about the culture. What about me? But we are so influenced statistically by the culture, by the headlines, by what we're seeing out there. I hear it, what people are talking about. I don't care, different socioeconomic levels, uh, you know, gender, whatever. And they're talking about the media issues that we can't stay away from. I think, man, it does affect us. It affects me as much as I try to stay away from it, as much as I try to look at it and maybe disregard some of it. It still does. It affects our culture. It affects our norms. And we are not in a place of sitting in confidence. That's what convicts me. I'm speaking for myself. If I am confident, I shouldn't be threatened. And I should have the wherewithal to say, tell me more. Let me understand. Try to Understand their perspective. Speak it back to them. How many times have you ever done that, Tom? In one of those instances and he's in trying to practice this. I've done that. I listen, ask, tell me more. And I'll say, okay, so what I hear you saying, if I understand, it, is this. And they'll go, no, that's not it. Well great. Cause I literally cause I'm about to respond thinking that's it. So please tell me why that is. And to come back and do that. And that that to me is respect. I can do that to anyone. Without being a doormat, without being a pushover, without enabling, I can seek to understand, even if at the end of it, I say, you know what? I don't agree, which then is one of your big points of respect is understanding that if we don't agree, that doesn't mean that the other person's wrong, that we have to be threatened,
1: that we have to discount the other person. We can be respectful and disagree. And that's a big one. Um, And this is why... And the 10 virtues, there's a lot of virtues, and none of them are solitary. They all need their buddies to work. For example, um, if I'm going to respect someone, I also have to have a great deal of humility. And the reason for that is if I truly respect you, um, then... You know, you hear the statement, do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected? Do you want to be loved or do you want to be respected? And of course, we all want all of it. I want to be liked, loved and respected, right? But if I understand my responsibility is simply this, to share God's truth and love, to share the truth and love. So you and I are having a conversation, we get on a hot topic and I share the truth and love. Then, I have to have enough humility that allows you to to do with it what you will yeah um as a as a believer uh that now is between you and the creator, right and it's like I have no attachment to it, but the problem is is we want to be liked and and so the more we want to be liked and the less humility we have the more arrogance we come into Mm -hmm. the conversation with and arrogance won't let you sit there and make your own choice out of it. Arrogance says, no, I'm right. You gotta, you gotta agree with me. And so you can see two people arguing. You can see the person who's coming from humility and respect Mm -hmm. versus the person who's coming from arrogance and lack of respect, right? Because the assumption is, well, you think differently than me, you're wrong. And then there's a saying that I, you know, it seems like the standards and the values and all the things are constantly changing in the culture wars today. And there's a ancient wisdom that says the older the wisdom is, the more likely it's true. (laughs) It's so, so when you see a brand new something going against an ancient wisdom the likelihood that the new thing is going to throw upside down the old wisdom is pretty small it's been tested for thousands of years yeah. pretty
0: small and in our in our industry to call it out if you see a highly contrarian statement i'm going to make this up but i feel like 85 90 percent of the time if not more they're getting to the same thing. They're just trying to get some attention by giving a contrarian yeah. statement and bringing you back to the same truth. Um, there's a lot to be said for, for pushing that out. You know, Tom, you said that it was that quote, I don't know if this is a love or respect, you know, but I think the perspective or the, the statement has been men, you, you said, it. would you rather be loved or respected? And that men statistically will often say, generally say I'd rather be respected than, than loved and women Uh, we'll say the other, but as we also know with those, I mean, love or respect, they're just different angles, perspectives to bring your word back at our desire to be affirmed, to be accepted. We all want that. And that's the thing that as you're talking about, in essence, again, I I like that. We're just being, am I confident in my beliefs in myself, do I respect myself that I can give somebody some affirmation and acceptance without back to your top, your, your issue of, aggr- of agreeing with them, just listening to them. i I, I do that with my kids, Tom, my, some of my adult kids who will, um, I mean, my gosh, there's, they are so respectful to me. They're never not respectful, but I've had to learn to not take their perspective or questioning on something and just, you know, in my own respect, Okay, man, I gosh, I hear you. And then come right back in with, but this is how I see it or try to bring it. It's a continual exercise for me to go, okay, so tell me more, help me understand that. And so often again, to, to realize that they are, uh, we're, we're on the same page, but back to the love and respect, they get so much, my respect goes up with them. They respect me so much more when they feel loved and respected, which I can do by, asking those questions. Again, I don't have to agree. And that is, it sounds so elementary when we sit here and talk about it, but it's just, it's the common sense. It's not common anymore, which is why you have a book and you're talking about that. We, we are in a disrespectful place and I feel like it's just as we've talked about with the other virtues so far, it is such a powerful tool not to make it just sound like a, again, it's not a manipulation. It's doing the right thing. And it's also the most profitable. And this one of respect. We're, I guess, we're in a time right now where to do it, to follow what you've talked about here. There's more opportunity to shine
1: and benefit from it than ever. Hundred um, percent. Because if you if you just speak the truth, you're going to get called out. Yeah. And it, you know, and then you get into the loop, right? You get into the matrix. <laughs> The matrix of of people just, uh, you know, immediately disintegrating the argument into a personal attack. Yeah. How can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I have a bad habit of playing the flipper, the flipper game where I say something like, Oh yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. That's why we need to do that. And I'll just revalidate what I just said. Mm -hmm. The very reason you said is why you need to believe what I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you know, you just
0: reminded me of a respectful thing. I was just, I was just, just had uh, time with our buddy, Randy James, Dr. Randy James. Um, and he is so good about being respectful because he and I bat things around a lot and we're just really trying to see sides and figure some things out. We were talking about one and, and we'll both get pretty we can get pretty opinionated on stuff. He is so good. And he's taught me to do that, to take something I've said and go yet, yeah, instead of going, yes, but, and he'll still catch himself. It's so ingrained in us to do that. Yes. But when we want to do, you know, look at something, he'll go, yes. And, and this perspective. And, and what about this? And just that little subtle thing, instead of a, but it's a rebuttal to think about that. It's a, it's your butt don't leave with your butt it's not a butt it's an and i hear you and what about this too maybe it can go alongside it maybe it's parallel maybe it is contrary i don't know but let's talk about that too and and just these subtle things which is really where you started off on this too is respect from a verbal standpoint you said one of the best ways to respect other people is through language the power of the tongue And, uh, back to that aspect of respecting yourself. And this is in the first paragraph, I think that you've got on the book in this chapter and this virtue of respect. And you said, as a child, you were never allowed to speak negatively of myself or anyone else. And I just thought of my kids, it's, it's pretty basic. Or it has been in our home, at least that you don't talk disrespectfully to your, and you know, your brother or sister, usually of course, mom and dad, but to your brother and sister and work on that. But Tom, I, I, I spent a lot of time with that focus and not probably addressing enough, especially my early parenting of talking negatively about self, about themselves. And then the daunting thing, when you hear that is to wonder and be open to, are they doing that? Because they hear me do that. And we, yeah, we're so quick to let ourselves degrade ourselves, to talk negatively about ourselves. And if it starts there, we're inherently going to do it with somebody else, which again, goes back to that aspect, that pithy quote of when somebody is being disrespectful, being unkind, criticizing, talking negatively about another person, it really says more about them than the other person, as opposed to their ability to be respectful Doesn't mean accepting again or or, or agreeing. I'm sorry. Doesn't mean agreeing or or accepting, I guess you could say to some point, but being respectful. it's a, it's such a big paradigm shift. Tom, I do want to pull, you mentioned influence uh, and this comes on, this show is a show episode 992. I believe it was, yeah, 989. So just a few episodes ago, we had Zoe Chance on. She's the most popular uh, class at Yale School for Management. She has the most popular class on influence. So you talked about influence and in that, am I there to, you talked about an interaction with another person. Am I there? And it's just about me or is it about them as well? And when I were back to consummate Ziegler sales, am I entering a sale Something I want to, whether it's a product or service I'm selling or just my, my perspective I'm trying to sell to my friend or somebody on Facebook or whatever. Am I there just to sell it no matter what? Or am I there out of actual care for the other person on whether this is best for them? Is it going to benefit them? And that's influence. And that's what I, I feel like, again, if we come into with respect for ourselves, confidence in ourselves, I'm there to, I am there in that interaction. But man, Tom, I, that's not... That's not our human nature. We enter into an interaction, interaction with another person with our needs up front.
1: Yeah, I'll pull out some ancient Jewish wisdom that I've studied. Um, and I've said this many times that first off, uh, in Jewish tradition, rabbis from different uh, schools of belief would get together and they would argue like crazy but they would leave friends. Mm -hmm. And the reason was, is they were arguing to discover the truth, not to win the argument. And so whenever we're with someone and they've got a different um, view of things, are we, are we positioning ourselves to discover the truth or to win? Right. And it's, those are two different things. And then the other piece of Jewish wisdom is that, um, In sales, there's a word in in Hebrew for sales, and it means to look into the future of someone, anticipate pain that they're likely to have, and then help them avoid it. Hmm. And so to me, that's an unbelievable uh, uh, moral good, high degree of respect when you're having a conversation with somebody to... Basically project into that person's future and say, you know, if they keep acting out on those beliefs and the things that they're doing, and then they're likely to end up in pain. And And because I respect you, I want to help you avoid the pain. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. It could be as simple as a doctor saying, you know, based on your blood work and cholesterol, I don't think the 10 Twinkies a day diet's working for you. Right, right. (laughs) They're, they're, you know, they're in respect and in everything they're presenting uh, a pretty good argument that says if you keep doing that, it's going to end, it's going to have some consequences. But my, my respect for you to be able to make that decision on your own isn't changed. Right, because you're, you're a human, you've got that capacity and so how do i how do i have a conversation with you to discover the truth i simply say what what do you want your future to look like and that's why when i get the tough question i always ask myself and i have to pause for a second what answer is going to give this person the best chance for long-term success because you can quickly decipher what's a politically or culturally motivated, in vogue belief response that's not going to get you any PC flack, yeah. versus one that is generally in the best interest of the person who's in front of you. And the one I deal with all the time is when I when I uh, work with people who come from a very difficult upbringing, whether poverty or broken home or or abuse or whatever, these are horrible things. And we don't deny the horrible things at all. But what gives that person the best chance for success going forward isn't, well, this is just my life and people need to make up for it because after all, look at what happened to me that doesn't give that person the best chance for success. What gives that person the best chance for success is, okay, here I am. <laughs> this is me. And I have ownership of where I'm going now. And so I get to choose of what I'm going to do next. Yeah. And and it may be harder and it may be tougher and it may be a longer climb than other people have had, but that doesn't change my ability to have the uh, the ability to choose my next step. And so for me, the the best chance to, re- the best way to respect somebody is to give them ownership, no matter how f- unfair the situation is, or, or no matter how many bad things have happened or how, how, you know, and, and so we give them ownership to say, Hey, I get to choose my future, but then we don't stop there. Right. We come in and we, we get active in a situation and try to right the wrong. Yeah. Um, It's, it's one of the, it's one of the things that bothers me right now about, I'll just call it organized religion is whenever there's a failing and they fail because people run it, but there's usually a defense of the, of, of the organization that tries to protect the organization rather than an immediate running to the victim and saying, let's fix this. (laughs) Right. And, and so what, what's the difference? Well, am I going to respect an organization or am I going to respect God's creation? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's where I like to lean is in the hearts and minds of people. You're back to that
0: identity issue. Is it, is it, do I believe in the belief, for its sake, you know, because I believe it to be true or am I just attaching it to my identity? And now if you threaten my belief, you threaten me and, and Tom, to me, you hit on a crux of it. You mentioned things being culturally motivated and you know, motive is one of my favorite words, one of my favorite focal points. And I have found myself as I have been honestly writing the book and writing about my, my book and writing about motive and found myself in situations in interactions with other people and we're trying to see each other's side. They're trying to explain their side and me sometimes feeling it's relevant to say, "What, well, Hey, what is, what is your motive? What's, what is driving you? What's the drive here? And I haven't had anybody yet say my drive and my motive is to be right. I literally haven't had anybody say that. What you'll often, what I often experience is it almost, it almost breaks them a little bit in a good way it's almost like it allows them. It's like an open door that I care. Again, we're back to that affirming. It's a respectful posture. And often they'll come back and share their fear or their, uh, or or where they feel threatened or how much they really just care. I just want to help people this way. I just want this. Okay. It gets rid of so much of the argument, the debate, the, the, the wrestling, the grappling, and we get to the root issue. And that's where I find, again, we so often, I think for most of us in our actual interactions with people in our lives, not Facebook people that we hardly know or, 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 whatnot, but in real life, we generally have similar values. We have values worthy of respect Uh, as well and worthy of understanding just like what you take us through again in the book and uh, yeah it's just such a the the aspect of respect we don't
1: respect respect enough and it's such a great opportunity right now yep the the last thing I would say about it is uh, I borrowed something from Seth Godin and it's the scalability of trust yeah and so Seth always. Um, that's the page tries I have to,
0: open here. Can I get credit for that right there? You get baby. credit,
1: thanks. And I couldn't see it; it's out of camera sight. So oh, sorry, page eighty-one. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, so Seth is just a rule of thumb. He tries to scale trust in every interaction, hmm. whether it's an email or a face-to-face conversation or a speech, uh, phone call doesn't matter. And the reason is is that that's the number one reason that. People don't buy. Hmm. So that this number one reason they don't buy ideas or products or services or friendship or whatever is if they don't trust you, it doesn't the other things are minor, right? Whether they can afford it or all those things. But if as soon as I trust you, then I'm I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll give that a spin. I'll I'll try that idea on. (laughs) And so I I look at where does trust come from? Trust comes from integrity. Right. If you're going to build a life, if you're going to build a relationship on trust, you have to be a person of integrity over the long haul because, um, you you know, you can't integrity is creates the ability to create trust. Right. Because they can always count on you. And integrity comes from truth. And so the more I focus on what's true, the more integrity I have, the more integrity I have, the easier it is for me to build relationships based on trust. And so when you look at truth, integrity, and trust and humility, and those are all like the four pillars of respect, yeah. right? So if, if I'm looking uh, to be, to have impact and influence on you, I'm going to respect you, and I'm going to present things to you based on the trust, the integrity, the truth, And, but I'm also going to recognize you get to make your own choice. And that's where the humility has to come in. Um, Now in a hierarchy, in a business or something like that, sometimes the, you have a virtue or a value that you believe is a business. This is the way we do it. And you could have somebody on your team who who disagrees. They think it's okay to be honest most of the time instead of all the time. Hmm. And now because I respect you, um, then I'm going to allow you to go take that belief somewhere else.
0: Hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, that's still respect. It really is. Yep. It's a ba- and we've, we've hit on this a couple of times. It's a boundary. We had, uh, of course, people know uh, Henry Cloud on boundaries. We had Nedra Taw- Tawab Glover recently on. It's a fine, uh, set boundaries, find peace and I am learning that, Tom. That's one I'm learning that, how to have boundaries in respect, in love. And that sometimes, often, I should say, honestly, often in some of my lack of boundaries, it's not out of respect. It's out of my own safeguarding. And now we're back to, am I respecting myself? Am I confident enough in myself? Which is where you lead off on this virtue of respect. Virtue number three in your book, man. Hey, thanks. I always learn so much. I'm going to go off and be more respectful today, Tom. Thanks. Respect. Respect. Just a little bit. If you want to read more on respect and the other virtues from Tom Ziegler's book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times, go buy it. Find it at Amazon, anywhere you buy your books, or go to Ziegler.com. Coming up next in episode 993, I've got an announcement for you on quite a big show revision we feel will better serve you. Then I talk with Yale professor, Dr. Becca Levy about ageism and namely how our negative views on getting older are making us just that older, less capable. And it's a construct we've created. Have you ever considered what you want to expect of yourself as you age? What do you want to be capable of in your 30s or 50s or 70s? Are you expecting less? Is that really the truth? You have dramatic control. That's what we're going to dig into. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.